Join us for this thoughtful episode as we unpack the 2023 edition of some key year-end planning strategies and conversation with those getting close to their retirement years. We'll talk about some nuances and hopefully optimize your investment portfolio, safeguarding your assets, and maybe trying to stabilize that lifestyle that you're looking forward to in retirement. So join Mike and I here for end-of-year financial planning for 2023 on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining Mike and I as we talk investing, finance, and retirement and a little end-of-year conversation. Uh, we're into November now on this episode, early November, mid-November, somewhere in that neighborhood. And so we want to start talking about a few of these things before the year gets totally uh, upon us, gone, uh, and saying bye-bye and in the rearview mirror, all that good stuff. So we're going to chat with Mike about that this week. As always, thank you for being here on the podcast with us and joining us as we have these strategic planning conversations. What's going on, my friend? How are you this week? Hey, I'm great. Uh, looking forward to uh, finishing up a couple of workshops this week. Not that I, I'm not looking forward to doing them, but when we get done, <laughs> I'll be headed toward the following week, which gives us an opportunity to head up to Muncie, Indiana to see my son and his family and go to a the two oldest girls there uh, playing the leads in a, a school play. And so oh, we're going nice. to go up there and see them do that. Nice. Up to the old Muncie, old Ball State. Oh, Ball State well, University. That's right. That's that's right. right. Yeah. Very cool. Well, good. I'm glad you guys got that on the horizon. Yeah, the year's, year's closing down fast, right? So lots it of holiday is. activities, lots of things of getting together with family again and stuff. So it's probably a good idea to do a little recap here, Mike. So I got a couple of categories identified here. I just want you to give us some things for folks to think about, some items that they might should be uh, pondering or having on their to-do list when they talk with their advisor or even with yourself, uh, you know, if they're working with you for end of the year ideas. So let's just start with general planning and, and general investment strategies. What a couple of, what's a couple of takeaways for folks here? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as you, as you are looking at the end of the year and it's coming fast. And by the way, let me just put in a little plug for looking at the end of the year earlier in the year uh, so that you got time to maybe make uh, some, some changes that will help you uh, do it a little easier where you're not cramming everything into the last six weeks or so. But you know, there there are things that you can't really do until you get to the end of the year. For instance, um, the, some of the things we'll talk about is like RMDs and, and Roth conversions, but we'll get to that later, I think. Um, but right now, I, I would say for just in general, um, look at your portfolio. Last year in 2022, we had a really interesting year. It was one of those death spiral type things, just wasn't as deep as the one in 2008-9, uh, where you know, stocks were going down and bonds were going down. There was no nowhere to run and hide. And so in seeing that, we took an opportunity there uh, last year to do a rebalancing. And we talk about rebalancing a lot here. Basically, the purpose for rebalancing is to take things that are up and uh, kind of like sweep off the gains that are on the upside of things and um, reposition them into things that are down so that you're buying low and selling high. And amazingly, that's how you make money. Uh, so <laughs> we, we typically do that. But last year, we had this weird little situation where uh, the bonds had gotten down so far. And it was a great time to do a little rebalance there, 
going in kind of the opposite direction. The bonds were low because interest rates had gone up. And so what we did was we went ahead and sold off the bonds and took the losses and booked those losses and then uh, you know, repositioned back into some other bonds that didn't cause us to have to take what's called a wash sale, mm-hmm. uh, where you really don't get to use it on your tax return. You don't want to have a wash sale. So we did it in a way that we didn't have that occur. But we booked those losses to help offset gains later on. And uh, I think we we are going to talk about that in, when we talk about taxes here in a bit. Mm-hmm. But that rebalancing can go both ways. Uh, so the main purpose, though, we usually have for doing that is to keep your portfolio risk at the same level that it's been at. If you just let a portfolio go and run, you don't ever take gains, you don't ever rebalance, the more aggressive parts of your portfolio are going to become bigger because they tend to make more money That's because they're aggressive. So your risk profile is going to change. And if we hit a big drop like we did in 2008 or uh, in, in other timeframes, you might lose more money, and I say lose, you don't lose anything until you sell, but right, you might right. have your account value go down more than you anticipated. It might be a little uncomfortable. So in order to maintain the level of comfort where you can stick with a strategy, you want to rebalance periodically to maintain that. And and again, it's also just a way to harvest the gains, buy some stuff that's low, and so you're scientifically buying low, selling high, and that helps the portfolio. Yeah, and the end of the year, right, it's a good time to certainly be talking about those things with your financial professional. If they're not talking with you about them, then make sure you reach out and let them know, especially with the last couple of years being a little more choppy than they have been prior, right? So certainly a good idea to have that chat. Yeah, and and I'll say this too. Uh Uh, Also for year end is, you know, if you have not maxed out what you can put into uh, tax-favored retirement plans, either – 401ks uh, in pre-tax or in Roth or uh, traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs, things like that. Right. Uh, it's a great time to try and tighten that up and get as much in there as possible because your, your growth on, on those assets uh, is uh, tax deferred and, and possibly even tax-free if you're yep. doing Roth. Where, well, we're going to uh, talk about that right now. So, yeah. 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 And and so that, that is a, it's a great time to finish that up. And, and the other thing, positive about doing that is if you really press hard to get that done at the end of the year, it mm-hmm. might be that you just kind of make it a habit going into the new year mm-hmm. and get ahead yeah. of the game. That's a good point. You know? Yeah. So maxing out those contributions, uh, also a good thing to have a chat about here at the end of the year for that general planning chat. Uh, so let's right. talk taxes. You mentioned harvesting, tax lost harvesting, uh, RMDs, right? So we're at that kind of period here as the year's mm-hmm. winding down, uh, you know, Roth conversions, whatever, right? Yeah. And, and so if, uh, you know, we've already kind of talked about the Harvesting uh, gains and um, uh, harvesting tax losses and stuff like that, and and you know uh, relative to that, um, you know uh, balancing risk and all that sort of thing, the management of those processes is good too. You know, like I told you last year, at the end of the year, we um, took some losses on the bond portion of the portfolios to help offset gains later on on other things. Um, if you can manage that, you can you can really do a good job of of keeping your tax uh, bracket from creeping up. You can you know take a little bit of gain each year, offsetting what you can with any losses in the portfolio, not letting the tax tail wag the dog. But uh, you know the investment is the thing that needs to be the primary focus. But if you can then take some advantage there in harvesting some gains and losses and matching them up to avoid taxation as much as possible. 
Uh, that's an even better uh, move. So it, it just takes some knowledge and some work on that sort of thing to put that together. Playing into that whole thing about taxes, though, is mm-hmm. also what are called RMDs or required minimum distributions. And if you are 72 uh, this year or older, you should be taking those RMDs. 73 uh, now, terms, right? Yeah, 73. Excuse yeah, me. No, I you're fine. That's, yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Catch me there. Um, but yeah, you, then you have to start your RMDs and you actually have until April 1st to take the first one if this is your right, first right. year of required distribution. But then you got to take two next year, right, Mike? That's exactly right. Yeah. You want to be careful. So you, you you have to double up if you delay beyond December yeah. 31st and with, this year. And with up. the year winding down, right, you don't want to wait till the last minute. It's like I said, this is early November, mid-November when yeah. we're dropping this. You want to start talking with your tax professional ASAP or, well, excuse me, your financial professional. Uh, well, your tax person too, but you want yeah. to have those conversations ASAP, right? Because I know the deadline is 1231, but let's be honest, how many people are working that last probably 10 days of the month, right? There you go. I mean, it gets a little tough sometimes to get some things done possibly. So you, you actually want, like you say, you want to be ahead of the game. You want to know what you're facing. Yeah. You want to have considered what your tax situation is this year and and determine how best to do it. And, but by the way, there mm-hmm. are some a lot of new rules flying around with all kinds of uh, legislation that's been enacted over the last few years. And, um, you know, where people say, do I have to take a, a distribution this year or do I not have to take one? You know, there were a couple of years where they were waived and you True. didn't have to. Yeah. But like if you're a beneficiary of an IRA account, you know, where someone passed away and, and left their IRA to you and you weren't the spouse uh, or a couple of other exceptions, then you have to be taking some money out of that thing within 10 years, have it all emptied. And if they had already gotten to the point where they were required to take out distributions, you have to be taking out distributions every year of that 10 years. You can't wait till the 10th year and take it all or bunch it up into a few years or things like that. So a lot to be concerned with in uh, in terms of knowing what your options are and what will fit best with your circumstances, not only this year, but in the coming years of those requirements. And you know, just get some advice on that and, and make sure. sure that you're doing what makes the most sense for you. Yeah. And um, from that tax standpoint, if you don't, it's uh, they did lower it, but it is a, still a 25% penalty. So still a penalty. Yeah. It used to be 50%, not. but it's still 25 And it used to be a little easier, so to speak, to get that waived. Yeah. Uh, not so much anymore. They're saying. We'll see. How well, they want out. as much money as we owe and as much money as they seem to want. I doubt it will be easier. So yeah, why, why risk it, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. They're, they said they're, they're cutting the percentage down and saying we're sticking to it, you know, and, right. and not giving to your, them out, Yeah, so. great point, because it used to be really high and they were a bit more lenient. Now they're like, okay, we lowered it, but don't ask for forgiveness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. You mess up, it's, it's on you. Yeah. Uh, one other thing on RMDs here at the end of the year, if you're 70 and a half or older, mm-hmm. and all these different ages, you know, but if you're 70 and a half or older, you, you can uh, take your RMD and satisfy it by way of making a charitable contribution where your custodian sends the money directly to the charity. And yeah. uh, it has to be a qualified charity. Uh, it can't be a GoFundMe account yeah, or something like that. It can't be Cousin Larry, right? Yeah, right. No politicians. Uh, right. And, and all. But yeah, if you if you want to make some charitable contributions to an organization, your church, um, you know, uh, school, um, foundation, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, you know, then now would be a time to consider that if you haven't already done your RMD for this year, because you can satisfy it. And that 
takes that money off your tax return. So yeah, Mike, let me ask you a question about that, right? So yeah. in an interesting standpoint, so they've been changing the ages and we're going to get a little off tangent, but that's okay. This is all part of uh, the conversation about right. just the end of the year stuff. Mm-hmm. If they've changed the rules, it's now 73, right? Currently, depending on your age yeah. for RMDs, it's going to move to 75 uh, later right. on for, for like my age. I'll It'll be 75 for me. But uh-huh. they left the charitable contribution, the QCD option, still available. They coded that in at 70 and a half. Yeah. So at 70 and a half, you can still do it. But you can't bank these ahead of time. And what I mean by that, and clarify me here, Mike, for our listeners, but so let's say you know you got RMDs coming at 73, but you're okay. now 71 and you think, hey, I'll pull some money from uh, and do a QCD, I'll do a, a qualified charitable donation, and right. I'll hold that. That'll kind of that'll tie me over my first my first RMD when I turn 73, even though oh, I'm doing yeah. it earlier. You can't do that, right? You can't bank these ahead of times. So you can't prepay them, so to speak, correct? That's correct. Yeah, okay. the RMD is effective for each calendar year. Okay. So if you're 71 and your first RMD isn't until 73, well, you're not making it in that calendar year when you're 73 right now. Right, if you do right. It now. If you're charitable-minded so, and you want to do it, you can still do it. That's not the question. It's just that you can't count it later on and go, well, wait a minute, I did it <laughs> I did it two years yeah, exactly. ago, right? You can't carry it forward. That's yeah. right. Okay, good. But hey, it's, it's a great strategy because it's, uh, I mean, I have a lot of clients that were doing that because- they're able to give the money they want to give. It's uh, it, and it doesn't raise their tax bracket to have to take the money out in order to do it. Uh, it's really a great strategy. So yeah, yeah, something you ought to look into. Yeah, just uh, wanted to clarify that just a little bit for folks out yep. there. All right, so uh, let's talk about insurance and healthcare planning. End of the year, good time to review that the long term care insurance that you may probably don't have. Maybe it's worth having a conversation about Medicare changes or. Anything like that, right? Open enrollment is what, from uh, mid-October to no- December, I think? Yeah, there's there's all kind of uh, different ones that are flying around, you know, with uh, private companies, uh, public companies, and then, uh, of course, the government with Medicare and, and uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think it runs uh, October 15 to December 7. I ought to know that because I, I'm on Medicare <laughs> or I have that kind of coverage. But yeah, you, you can change it during that time frame if you... Um, don't like what you did with a Medicare Advantage plan during that time. You do have a redo that you can do during the first uh, two, two, two and a half months of uh, 2024. I think it's January to March 15th, something like that. But, you know, spend some time, look at the website, and then, boy, I tell you what, I can't emphasize this more. Get a professional who knows what they're doing on this stuff to help you. It doesn't cost you any more to have someone help you do it. There, there, there's no tiered for commissionable or non-commissionable products or anything like that in terms of the cost to the end consumer. So get someone that is, uh, you know, specializes in this. Don't get me. I don't specialize in this, but I can get you to the right people that do and get them to help you determine what makes the most sense for you. Review the options and the costs both on your Medicare supplement or your Medicare Advantage plan that both of those carve around the Medicare Part B and Part A plans that you're on if you're 65 or older, for the most part, some there are some exceptions, but and, and then also Part D, which is the prescription drug plan. So, so get some help on that. Make sure they're right. And then let's do talk about long-term care. I had someone just ask me the other day about uh, this new law in Washington state where mm, okay. they are going to be uh, charging a 0.58%, so about a half percent tax on everybody that does not have long-term care insurance on themselves to help pay for long-term care for people. Now, 
It's a garbage benefit because it only pays $36,000 lifetime. So you'd use that up in about six months at, uh, in, in most cases, if not sooner. But um, it's something that the government's looking to try and alleviate some of the costs on Medicaid programs by picking up additional tax dollars. It's only in Washington state, but there are other states that are looking at it. And so there is an exception where you don't have to pay the tax. And the exception is if you have your own long-term care insurance product. So it might be worth it just looking down the road and planning ahead getting it earlier when you're younger and it's not as expensive. And there are a lot of different ways to do it with either traditional funded premium pain and you use it, you, uh, you know, type thing, you, uh, or if you don't use it, I should say you lose it uh, to what are called hybrid products where you have either an annuity or life insurance policy that has long-term care benefits on it. And so somebody gets some money, no matter what, whether you go into a long-term care need situation or not. So there's, again, complex, confusing. You need to get somebody that can help you with that. And we'll be glad to talk to anybody that has questions about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I tell you what, Mike, we're at the uh, 17 minute mark here. We try to keep these around this time frame to keep them sort of short and sweet. And we Mm -hmm. actually got a few more things to cover. So how about we break this into a two-parter? We'll come back and talk about the rest of this on the next episode, since there's quite a a lot to talk about at the end of the year. How's that sound? Yeah, sounds good. All we'll right. So, yeah, we, so we talked some general planning, some taxes, some insurance and long-term care, uh, health care planning things. So certainly on the radar for the end of the year. We'll come back here on the next episode. So make sure you subscribe to us and we'll talk about end of the year items to think about for income and lifestyle, real estate, technology, things of that nature as the year's winding down. Certainly important and always a big topic to make sure we get our finances in the right order. So get onto the calendar with Mike if you need some help. As he just said, they'd be happy to help you with uh, some of these different options and things that are you know transpiring as we get closer to retirement. Reach out to him at spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. He's been doing this for 45 plus years, so a great resource for you to tap into. And again, you can find him online at spcinvesting.com. And that's where you can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify or Google, which I guess is now moving everything to YouTube. So either way, you can find us on the big three Uh, right there at Mike's website, and get yourself onto the calendar to talk with him as well. Mike, my friend, thanks for hanging out, buddy. Been great, Mark. Always enjoy it. Yes, sir. I always appreciate you sharing some knowledge with us, and we'll be back here in just a week or so with another episode as we get a little closer to Thanksgiving, and we'll talk some more about end-of-the-year financial items. This has been Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.